our favorite shit heel is here. Otherwise, he immediately uh, just like, bad luck, David. We said they would last as long as you convinced her. Yeah, bad luck, <laughs> bro. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, you did not pass your thin and villain monologue exam. <laughs> um, and the droid is like, Rachel, uh, the 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 rat. Ya. Good to see ya. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. The rat is working for Krayak. Uh, whatever puny scores the rat has to settle are of no interest to us. No. We want your help in larger payback. Uh, we once told you we had hopes for you, Rachel. Do you remember? We still do. What do you want? Uh, I want to help you realize your full potential. We want, we have watched you. This is Krayak speaking. I want to help you realize your full potential. We have watched you with interest and with growing admiration. Why are you content to follow when clearly you should leave? lead um and rachel's like ah yeah this is about jake uh right you, you want him to suffer <laughs> and, she, and Krayak Krayak is, like, no no this is about you <laughs> um i i want to help you i don't want to see you spend your days as a rat and rachel's like uh-huh sure um and Krayak is like uh, look, we know you're brave. Don't be a fool. We we both know here that you're not getting out of that box without some help, and I can help you. Um, and uh, to which I'm just here thinking, like, this box hasn't shrunk or anything. She can just demorph in the box. Like, she fit in it fine before as a human. She could just demorph. It would be fine. Whatever. Dream logic. She's morphed, so now she can't demorph. Um, and Rachel's like, all of this is an illusion. Uh, none of this means anything. This is just like a weird nightmare. I'm not actually a rat. David isn't actually here. And Crack is like, ah, oh, you're a skeptic. That's good. Um, David, you've had your fun, but Rachel got the best of you. I told you that if she guessed there was more here than what meets the eye, you had to tell her the truth, so tell her. And David's like, I am actually here, but everything was Krayak's doing. I don't have a rat army. Rats don't understand much of anything. You can't talk to rats. Um, And he tries to impress upon her, do you have any idea how awful it was for me there? Not another sentient creature having to defend myself from everything. And Krayak's like, I didn't tell you to whine. And David says, <laughs> all right, Krayak got me off the island in exchange for a companion. Um, Like, I, I would help him in exchange for a companion. And at first I wanted Cassie because she was nice to me when no one else was. Little does he know. Um... But I couldn't choose her after all because she was nice to me and that life was a living hell. Uh, but you, uh, I didn't care if you had a living hell life. It sounded great to me. Um, and Krayak is like, look, this isn't a nightmare or a bad dream. The reality is you are in Rat Morph and in a matter of about 20 minutes, you'll be trapped forever. Um, 
You will live your life as a rat with only this weak and sniveling would-be traitor as your companion. Um, but I can free you from the cube. I can free you from David. I can free you from the morph. Uh, but first you must free yourself from yourself. And I love that Rachel's just like, what the fuck does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, stop talking in riddles. Um, uh, and so Krayak is like, let me show you. And he, there's a whooshing sound, and Rachel is suddenly outside of the box, and she's human. The, the punks are trapped inside of Cassie's cube, and Rachel doesn't see Cassie anywhere. Um, and Krayak is like, come with me. Um, and you can be so buff, is yeah. the thing. Yeah. And it, essentially, what he has done is he's like, I've given you the power to be whatever size you fucking want. You're super fucking strong. Like, like super strong, not just like very, very strong. Um, also, you can manifest like, steel claws out of your fingertips like cut rate wolverine um and uh also you're partially made of machinery now um and it's basically like everything rachel might conceive of as being powerful mm -hmm. he has given her yes in this he has seemingly given her and everything we've seen in the past of her like being the first time she morphed grizzly and elephant and was reveling mm -hmm. in the being large enough to do things, to take mm -hmm. up space. Mm -hmm. um, and Craig's like, yeah, you're not just Rachel now, you're super Rachel. Mm -hmm. um, and for a while, she does like get a little lost in it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we did, do get this incredible moment. Uh, one, because she can dismiss this stuff as and when, like it's like the matter of a thought. The droids like think fast and hawks a cube at her like a big, like a big iron cube mm -hmm. um, that she just catches easily, mm -hmm. um, and everyone's impressed. Uh, mm -hmm. She starts chasing the droid, rips off his head, um, mm -hmm. which continues like, to talk. Effort, it, <laughs> yeah, with the effort it would have taken a ten-year-old to peel a banana is a lovely descriptor, I will mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's like, I'm free, I'm free. Um, and Craig's like, ah, not actually. You think this is a fantasy, a little simulation, a virtual reality experiment. The droid's head's still giggling. Um, Rachel, do you feel the adrenaline rush of murderous desire? Do you feel the urge to reach out and destroy me? Um, again, repeating the lines from when the droid last spoke to her. Um. There are many masters of illusion in the universe, Rachel, many manipulators of perception, but only I am a master of reality, a manipulator of the concrete. Well, then perhaps this is a fantasy after all, your fantasy, but I can make it real at any time. For example, perhaps you would like to rip the droid apart for real. Hey, now, whilst it goes, let's not get carried away, which is just, <laughs> I want the entire spin-off series of the shenanigans <laughs> of Krayak and the droid, because I love me a bad guy and their Weasley little henchmen. Mm -hmm. Always makes me happy. Um, 
But Rachel is like, no, he's pissed because she realizes she's being, she doesn't fully understand what's going on. Um, and even with all this strength, she's still not free of anything, of her own guilt. It's all there. She throws the drone's head at the glowing red eye. Um, and just uh, the, the scene sort of resets. And the Cryak's just like, Rachel, that was a waste of time. A waste of energy, a waste of power. You can't harm me. You don't, you know this. Why make yourself appear foolish to your inferiors? Just like, do you really want to embarrass yourself in front of Rat Boy? Um, <laughs> and David's like, well, you call an inferior. Um, no way am I inferior. She's the same as me, except she's been luckier. Um, and Kate's like, fine, maybe I did waste my time and makes her a rat again. Yeah. Um, and, and she's alone. Mm-hmm. And she's back in the cube as a rat. And this time David is with her and he's mocking her. He's like, I knew you would fuck this up. I knew yeah. that if, if Krayak gave you the option, you would turn it down because you have some sort of delusions of being good when you could have had all this power. Like, of course you're going to fuck it up. And they fight as rats. Um, and Rachel is losing. Um, because, David because David's is, more used to being a rat. He's yeah. done this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's lived in this body. His rat body is stronger than hers is. Um, and she can't stand this idea of losing to him. And then Krayak fucking yo-yos her back to human Super Rachel. And, uh, she starts attacking the punks. Um, and Krayak is like, look at all the power you could have. And you could do whatever the fuck you wanted to. And she's like, you would let me stop the Yerks? And he's like, once you have the power, you can do what you want. There's only a teeny tiny little thing uh, about, you know, uh, some kind of exchange. It's fine. And then he puts her back as a rat. And she's still fighting David. Um, and the drone's and she, laughing, yeah, just having a great time. Yep. Um, and, he, and David's all like, "Hey, it won't be so bad. You'll have me." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no strength, no power. What? No friends, but me. Yep. Um, uh, yo-yo's back to Super Rachel, and she's like, "All right, stop with the yo-yo." Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I understand the choice. I can be a rat or I can be a god, but only if I do what you want. Um. And Krayak's like, what makes you think you know what I want? Um, you dare to presume to understand? Understand only this, Rachel. You and you alone decide what you will do. And you and you alone accept the consequences. Um, and she's like, but you do want something. And he's like, yeah, you know, I just want you to kill Jake. You know, the, the dude who killed my, uh, howlers. Um, who killed my terrible, terrible children. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just want you to kill him. That's fine. Uh, one life in exchange for all of the lives you could save with these powers. Think about it. Like, you could, you could get rid of the Yurks entirely. And it, all it costs is Jake. Um, and Rachel is like, no, can't do that. I'm one of the good guys. The good guys don't do that. Um, and she's trying to think, like, what is it that makes me a good guy? I don't have an answer to that. I, like, is it 
just because I'm with the good guys, because that doesn't seem like a good reason. Um, and Krayak is like, yeah, good and evil's so easy for Cassie, isn't? And like <laughs> shows Cassie still in her cube. Um, and Rachel thinks, and, and Krayak is like, so what is she telling you to do? And Rachel's like, I don't know. Would Cassie sacrifice herself to save the entire planet? Yes, without a second thought. Would she sacrifice Jake? I didn't know. Would she sacrifice me to Nothlet status to save Jake? I didn't know that either. What is Cassie telling you to do, Krayak pressed? I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused. But good and bad are so simple, Krayak teased. Only for the simple-minded, the druid mocked, hopped up and down, began to sing in a childish voice. I am one of the good guys. I'm one of the good guys. I'm one of the good guys. The good against the bad, Krayak murmured. The age-old battle. Let's settle it once and for all. Now, before we get into the fucking <laughs> incredible we, stuff we, we, that we're is We're getting some WWE-esque power vibes, just like, welcome to the Royal Rumble! It's a big thing. But before yeah, we yeah. get to that, yes. Uh, there, especially with the, with the cube that she's trapped in, it is, it's impossible not to draw the comparison to when Tobias was kidnapped and tortured. Mm. Um, and the idea that, like, when it was, when, when Taylor tortured him with pain, it, uh, like, he was able to hide behind the hawk and kind of deal with it. And when she tortured him with pleasure, he had a much harder time with dealing with it. But when she started to just cycle rapidly between the two is when he fucking lost it. Like, he mm -hmm. was unable to hold on to reality at all. He, uh, that's when she essentially, uh, broke him in the sense mm -hmm. that torture can break anybody. You can hear the air, the air quotes around it. Um, mm -hmm. where, where he got to the point where he was like, I will tell you everything, except that he was too out of it to even say anything at that point. Um, mm -hmm. And it just makes me think about how, like, Rachel can deal with either of these two extremes to an extent. Mm -hmm. She can deal with the, the being trapped as a rat and fighting David bit. Um, she understands that. Uh, and we'll see here in a moment, she can kind of deal with the superpower part of it. Right, but she deals with it less good because it's more, tempting more of a temptation. To her. Exactly, yeah. in the same way that like nice things are a temptation mm -hmm. to Tobias. You know? Yeah. Um, but, but it's it, when it's mm -hmm. go on. Wait. It's when Krayak is yo-yoing her between these two extremes that she finally is just like she breaks. Um, because. Is it it's just such, too much of a contrast for her to to deal with. It's interesting that for Tobias, it was like pain and suffering and a reprieve, like good things, mm -hmm. easiness, like just like the very base things, like mm -hmm. with how dialed in to being the hawk 
as well as the boy he is. Whereas for Rachel, it's swinging between powerlessness and no agency versus the strength and agency to do anything. Mm-hmm. And so much of Rachel's story throughout these books is about that need to have agency. Yeah. It's why she gets angry because mm-hmm. that's an emotion she has and she can use. Mm-hmm. And seeing that weaponized so acutely against her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just goes to show, even with the clumsily, clumsy writing in a lot of this book, that Krayak does understand her. Mm-hmm. Or at least he thinks he does. And enough mm-hmm. to try and make this play work. Yeah. But, like, that, that comparison uh, is, like, really speaks to this assertion of mine where it's like they Tobias and Rachel first and foremost are each other's tethers Mm -hmm. not necessarily just to humanity but to but away from the extremes of these spectrums that they exist on like Rachel keeps Tobias from uh uh delving too far into being a hawk like she helps keep him remind him of his humanity um but also he resists being fully human even though he kind of wants to be that for rachel because he knows that he has to fight and because like he can't leave rachel to do the fight (laughs) um and rachel is kept from going like essentially over the deep end into total violence in part i mean not just because of because obviously she has her own internal battle over it but tobias is one of those tethers for her to humanity and kindness and empathy and um just like thinking about the reasons why she uses that violence as opposed to just being violent. Um, Mm -hmm. But also, like, the hard parts of Tobias help remind her of the, like, the power and agency she does have. Um, And so it's like they both use each other to help balance these two disparate kind of sides of the coin that they exist between. Because they are um, both living on this edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and both are uh, very much teetering on that edge um, all the time. <sighs> um, but we should get into this fucking... Mm-hmm. Uh, so Krayak creates what is essentially a giant, like a superdome, fucking Doug Dibidome, um, uh, uh, It's an thing. arena. It feels like it's a very, arena. like, Colosseum vibes. Yes. Um, and then he brings Visser 1. <laughs> and Visser 1 just appears like, what the fuck? This is not my uh-huh. beautiful house. 
Oh. The crack's like, you know who I am? <laughs> and this one's like, I mean, I'd heard stories, but... Uh. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> this is so dumb. It is. Um, yeah. Crack's like, yeah, I exist. Uh, yeah, because this one's like, oh, I'd heard of you, but I didn't really believe in you. And he's like, I exist, and I've got a job for you, little yuck. Um, and also, i got to stress, Rachel is super giant right now. Like, mm-hmm. is in scary big mode. Um, and uh, he's not taking the knock to his ink, even though he's, like, clearly, like, taken aback by giant super Rachel. Um, and he's just like, a little job. Are you aware that I lead the convention on Earth that I stand on the brink of dominating of this planet? And Craig's just like, I'm aware of everything. I'm also aware that in an instant I could vaporize you on this insignificant rock you call Earth you'd fought so hard to conquer. And this one, fucking one, this could be just like life in the Yurk Empire. You learned me. This guy is a cockroach because he's immediately like, yes, but Craig, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'd be. I was I was I was arrogant. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, this is why this one is still alive. Mm-hmm. The ability to know, oh yeah, no, that is a bigger fight than I could deal with. <laughs> not gonna, not gonna argue that. Um, but Craig's like, cool, you're here uh, to test the strength of my new creation. You're gonna fight to the death. If you win, this Earth is yours. If my creature wins, you and the rest of the Earth's gotta fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> And this is what, and Rachel's like, yeah, metal teeth flashing, a fight to the death. And this is like, oh, with all due respect, oh, crack. Um, you've got no choice. You might as well agree. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. And this is someone just looking at uh, Rachel with all these four eyes. Um, just like looking for some kind of answer. And Rachel just smiles at him. And it's just like, and Craig's like, okay, cool. Rachel, there you go. There's your fight. Fight your fight. It's up to you. I don't care. No one can tell you to retreat or surrender. You set the rules here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is sort of like Rachel goes galaxy brain moment. That's literally how it's described. Like neurons firing and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and this scene, uh, re- reading this wouldn't necessarily, there's a couple of maybe good moments we'll highlight. But then this is just a full-on throwdown between mm-hmm. Vista One utilizing morphs, not having to go back to Andalite in between them. So it looks like Krayak's giving him a little boosty boost. Mm-hmm. Um, but at first, Rachel gets a little in her own head thing like, yeah, no rules. I don't need to worry about lectures, uh, Jake's lectures about restraint, whatever. And Vista One gets a hit in, mm-hmm. um, knocks her down. Um, but then she like eyes on the prize, gets into the fight. There's a bunch of different morphs. Uh, it's very reminiscent of the um, battle between Madame Mim and Merlin in A Sword in the Stone, mm-hmm. like trying to come up with different shapes to beat each other. Or the uh, oldest game as it's portrayed in uh, the Sandman TV series. Like mm-hmm. they just, it's less intellectual, but because uh, Vissa one almost gets the best of it with like basically turning into red goo mm-hmm. to choke her. And she turns into like a, pl- a carnivorous plant mm-hmm. 
after worrying that she was going to lose to kill a jello, which was a good description. But she's like reveling in this thing she's created whole cloth. It bears no resemblance to anything she has DNA for to morph. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's, it's working. Uh, the goo retreats, head gets lopped off, uh, grows a new head. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Vissel One retreats. Uh, and it's like, this is not a fair fight. <laughs> <laughs> you can't expect me to die like this. I cut off its head and it didn't die. I don't. Th- this is cheating. how do I win? <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Um, and then we have the the important moment, which Rachel gets hold of him, and Cryak is like, "Finish it, like, do it." It's big Palpatine energy. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. one is begging for mercy. And Cryak, um, like, Visalon is, like, gasping for breath as Rachel has a hand around his throat, hoofs skittering on the floor. And we know how big Visalon is, just to, and strong this body is. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, if Cryak hadn't commanded her to do it, mm-hmm. it might have been a slightly different conversation because, like, she's yeah. like, any of the others would have obeyed. Um, but she refuses to be used like this and realizes that the words of Jake echoing in her head that it'd be really easy to give in to this and like become this monster. And by joining with Cryak, she's just on the fast track to being mm-hmm. the worst version of herself. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to be that. She doesn't want to be this monster. She doesn't want to be feared and hated. She doesn't want to be Rachel of the Darkness, a tyrant, and recognizes that in herself that she could end up that way. Mm-hmm. And with Cryak, she would. Uh, so she lets Vissel One go. Uh, asserting that she is one of the good guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Craig, like, you're a fool, you're a coward, you're a child, you've wasted my time. I tried to help you free yourself from useless human emotions, but you choose captivity instead. Um, and she's back in the cube. Uh, David is, like, crowing about it. Um... And he's like, oh, I'd have given you everything to lead, to rule. It's just like, that's a lie. You just wanted to use me to kill Jake. Um, and Rachel calls him out, just like, you could have given Jake the power to end this war. Because he's like, oh, well, we're trying to bring the occupation to an end. Only a strong leader can do that. Um, and she's just like, you know you can't make Jake follow your rules. You know you can't control him, uh, which is why you went for me. But here's some news. You can't control me either. So... And she sort of is going back in on herself, like slipping back behind the rat brain because she doesn't trust herself in this moment. She worries she's losing. She doesn't know what's real. Um, she has, it's just like she's losing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she can see Cassie again, the whole, uh, in the cube, in despair, uh, the punks <laughs> hiding from the red glow. 
David, uh, but the red light fades. Cryak is gone. And that, like, it, everything's cold afterwards. Um, it's this dark, dank gloom. The Cryak and the droid are gone, disappeared back into the vastness of the universe, and she's on her own, and there's, like, only a couple of minutes left uh, before she gets trapped in Ratmore. Um, and then David's just going again. And uh, props to our girl, Rachel, who can now think clearly again and is just like, hey, tattoo guy, how much mm-hmm. is he paying you? I'll pay you more. You know his money? I'll help you find it and you can have all of it between you. <laughs> How's that sound? And I was like, what? What? No, hang on. And the guy's just like, yeah, okay. And like blow the lock off the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel gets out, demorphs, and they're just like, and Dave's like, you idiots, what are you doing? Um, it's just very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, does the ticking clock thing with the punks, but gets out of the box. Um, she worries for a moment that it might be too late and uh, she's stuck in morph, like part way, which David is having a field day about. Um what was this? this I, I summoned every ounce of morphing energy, every ounce of mental energy, every ounce of concentration. I blotted out every random thought, tried desperately to dampen every wild emotion, but there was something in the way, something stubborn and intractable that would not be ignored. It was the hate, the anger. I tried, I tried to push it away, but the truth was I didn't want it to go away. I wanted my anger. I wanted my hate. It was the source of my strength. And then, miraculously, I stood and spread my arms wide. I was Rachel. I was back. And for the moment, I really was free. Um, and then the guy's just like, okay, show us where the money is. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I just got to morph into something with an even better sense of smell. I'll be able to find the money faster. And she just starts morphing grisly. And David <laughs> is immediately like, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, recognizes the play for what it is, mm-hmm. um, and is just out. He's he goes mm-hmm. after screaming at the punks that Rachel's going to eat them. Um, and these kid, these punks, they try to fight a little bit, like with because they've got guns, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just does like a full like barrel roll somersault over them, knocks the guns out of their hands and roars. And these two fucking teams book it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she realizes that, um, yeah, these kids go, and that's fine. But eventually this story will get to a controller and know that there is a rat who knows about the Animorphs. And all of the wind goes out of her sails as she's like, well, shit, still mm-hmm. got to deal with that. Uh, but first, like, busts the lock off the cube that Cassie was in, because Cassie has actually been here mm-hmm. the whole time. And then we get this moment. Because um, Cassie's like, morph. Uh, we need to get out of here as soon as they start talking. Someone's be down to me to investigate. We need to be away. Um, I nodded. I know, but you go. I'll catch up. Cassie put her hand on my massive arm. What are you going to do? I looked into Cassie's eyes. Did she want to know? Did she really want to know? No, she didn't. That's why I'd been so angry. Not just at Jake, at all of them. 
because they had kept their hands clean. They had pretended they didn't know I'd done something extreme like threatened to kill David and his parents. And when David had confronted them with the truth, they made their disapproval known, separated themselves from me, made it clear I was deranged and out of control and so, so unlike them. And then Cassie had come up with the plan to trap David in Morph, but only I'd had the nerve to endure the two gut-wrenching hours of David's misery. Why hadn't I fought back, defended myself against accusations, insinuations of craziness? Okay, I had confronted Jake, but had anything really changed between us since then? Did he generally approve of my actions? No, only of their results. He needed my results. So why had I been carrying around all that guilt all by myself? Why had I been shouldering so much of the pain? I looked at Cassie's face. It was a sweet face. It was wise, too. But still, I don't know, oddly innocent somehow. I'd been protecting her. Them. Jake, Cassie, Tobias, even Marco and Axe, helping to protect their innocence, letting them see themselves as the good guys. It was a symbiotic relationship, or codependent, whatever. They needed me to be the bad guy, and I needed them to be the good guys. See, if they were good guys and I was on their team, that, then that automatically made me a good guy too, even if I was different. At least that's what I'd been telling myself. Of course, it wasn't quite that simple. Rachel, what are you going to do? Cassie pressed. I'm going after David. She shook her head. Don't let him go. Don't. Let him go. He'll go to the Yerks, I said, or the Yerks will come to him. Either way, he'll tell them everything. He'll betray us, hoping to make a deal. It won't work. The Yerks will kill him. Then they'll find us. So I'm going to find David first, and I'm going to take him back to the island. I don't think you can do it a second time, Cassie said quietly. I felt all the old anger bubbling up. Why was she arguing? She knew what had to be done. Why was she pretending not to understand what had to be done? So she could sleep at night? So she could say, I tried to stop her, so it's not my fault. So she could say, I didn't know. I looked her in the eye. I'm not sure I can either. So will you do it? Cassie's face creased, her mouth open and closed, her eyes flickered. I don't know, she whispered finally. I didn't think so. I die. I'm so mad that this is in this book, but it's just like mm-hmm. it is. It is in so many ways the perfect condensation of Rachel's entire character arc and internal mm-hmm. conflict. And it's just yeah. like it is fucking brutal that like mm-hmm. everyone knows what they are doing to Rachel. Rachel mm-hmm. knows, and they are stuck mm-hmm. because they can't. They, they can't do it any differently. Mm-hmm. Especially not this late in the game. Yeah. Uh, this is a tragedy. Uh huh. It's a sad song, but we sing it anyway. Mm hmm. Uh, so Cassie leaves, and Rachel morphs rat and follows David 
into the sewer pipes. Extremely reminiscent of the last time she did this. Um, and it ends very differently. Oh, yes. Uh, she comes out of the sewer pipes into the sunlight, uh, into kind of some a, a little alleyway almost. Um, mm-hmm. And David is standing up facing the the sun. Um, He's doing that, the city up thing that rats do. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just going to read this because it is so much. Mm-hmm. Um, David. He was sitting on his haunches, looking up at the sun. His tiny paws waved gracefully in the air, helping him keep his balance. His pink nose sniffed appreciatively. His delicate whiskers waved slightly in the breeze. He knew I was there. It's a beautiful world, he said thickly. I'll miss it. I waited for him to run, to try to escape, but he didn't. I looked around. Were his henchmen waiting? Had he lured me into a trap? There's no one here but us, he said. The punks are gone. Then what's going on? David dropped down on all fours and faced me. It's over. You won. I began to demorph. When I was human again, I squatted and David approached me, sat at my feet. Without Krayak, without help, I can't beat you, Rachel, and I'm tired of trying. But I won't go back, he said forcefully. I'd rather die than go back to that island. You'll have to kill me. I won't do that, I said. He tried to run. I reached out and grabbed him. Easily. Kill me, David begged. I'd rather die than go on like this. Rather die than go back to that place. You're going back to the island. David struggled in my hand. I tightened my grip. I won't go back, he cried. Kill me, Rachel. If there's any humanity left in you at all, please kill me. I'm one of the good guys, I choked. Tears welled up in my eyes. Then do the good thing. David struggled harder. I held on tight. I knew I was hurting him, but if I let him go... Promise to disappear, I said suddenly. Promise to disappear, and... David began to laugh through his sobs. Krayak was right. You are a fool. I can't go back to what I was. You know that. I lifted David and looked into his tiny, dark eyes. Something wet hung on his head. My tears. I tried to brush them away, but they kept coming. I didn't want to kill him. I didn't want to take him back to the island. In spite of everything, I felt sorry for him. I felt sorry for David and sorry for me. Sorry for what the war had done to us both. It wasn't David's fault he was a rat, that he was insane. He was what we had made him. But that didn't make him any less dangerous. We couldn't control him. We couldn't trust him. And on the loose, he could destroy the planet. Maybe. I don't know what to do, I whispered, my throat working. I can't help you, Rachel. I put him down on the dirty pavement gently. Then I put my head on my arms and I cried. It's all up to you. There are no rules except your own. Maybe he would run away. Maybe he would disappear into a baseboard somewhere where I could never find him. You have free will. What you do with it is up to you. Maybe when I lifted my head, he wouldn't be there. And he wouldn't be my problem anymore. Let Cassie find him and do something. Or Jake. Or Marco. Or Axe. Somebody anybody but me. It's all up to you, Rachel. I cried like a baby. It wasn't the first time since the war started. So many losses, so much pain. 
I hoped to hear the sound of little rat feet scurrying away. Please go, I thought. Please, run, run away from me. But when I finally lifted my head, I saw David through the blur of my tears, sitting patiently, waiting. He wasn't going to go away. He wasn't going to make it easy. Just kill me, he said softly. I wiped my sleeve across my face. I'm one of the good guys, I muttered. At that moment, I felt more exhausted than I ever had in my entire life. Then do the right thing. I looked around, so stupidly. There was no one to tell me what to do. No Krayak, no Elemist, no Cassie, no Jake. I was alone with David. My enemy was completely at my mercy. I caught a glimpse of myself in a broken shard of mirror, and I saw what anyone looking down the alleyway from the sidewalk would have seen. A young girl sitting knees up in the sun, staring at a white rat. It would be hard to believe the entire fate of the planet depended upon that girl, a girl who wanted to do the right thing, but who had no idea at all what it was. And that's the end of the book. That's the end of the book. It's... I wish Rachel could have nice things. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be great for Rachel to have fucking nice things? Depressing watching all of these kids' coping mechanisms shred away. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no more lies to hide behind, no more things that you can use to justify it, just the ever-encroaching reality of what their situation is and that there's no way out of it. Mm-hmm. Of course she kills him. I wish the book had the bollocks to say that, though. Yeah, I don't I don't begrudge it as much as you do, I think. Um I'm going to I'm going to be mad about it. That's okay. Because I, you're valid. I just I appreciate that so often the books want to try and exist in the grayness of it. Mm-hmm. But to have the whole thing going on about her not knowing what the right thing is and David telling her to do the right thing and the thing is she does know what the right thing is. And I don't know. I think, like, the choice to leave her in the grey, in the ambiguity of it, I don't think adds anything. If it added to to the story, I think I would feel differently about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. This This whole ending scene with David, I think, is fantastic, to be clear. This is arguably, for me, Answer. This is the best part of the book mm-hmm. because I this like there's some good little. I said there's tiny little grains throughout, but this like the conversation I say with Cassie, like that point to the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's points to say about like you could get really deep in the weeds by saying, "Oh, is this David's last fuck you to Rachel?" And, like, he's manipulating her even now. 
which could be partially true, mm-hmm. but I appreciate him being given the savviness to go, look, I'm not going to be able to do this by myself. I talk a good game, mm-hmm. but I'm very aware of my situation, just like you are aware of yours. Like we talked about it during the David trilogy. Mm-hmm. and. Throughout this book, basically, like, David is a foil to Rachel. Mm -hmm. Like, given the power to do things and the no no rules, who do you choose to be? Mm -hmm. And an act of mercy, we've already seen Rachel act with mercy and knowing the push comes to shove, she will be merciful. Mm Mm-hmm. Because when it's on her terms, that is the person she is. Because she Mm -hmm. is a good guy. Mm -hmm. And like I said, killing David is the kind thing to do. Is the merciful act. And it feels unfortunate that after a book with so much hand-wringing and a series that has so much back-and-forthing about whether or not it's okay to take a life in the course of fighting a war mm-hmm. and how they flip-flop over it. Mm-hmm. You're just like, yeah, because you know this person has a name because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know who they are. They're mm-hmm. not a faceless person. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said it like the, the worst thing they could have done to David has happened. Mm-hmm. He spent, what, a year in solitary fucking confinement? Mm-hmm. As a rat. Like, as a rat. And, like, we've seen the, like, the, I, I've, I've had, like, pet rats in my life, but I don't know a lot about them, and it was a long time ago, but the physicality we see is, this is a creature in distress. Mm-hmm. Like... This isn't about the morality of corp- of fucking capital punishment. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's what the books are about. And it just, I just, it feels so unresolved in a bad way. Mm. And it, it just takes something away from this very cool ending mm-hmm. that exists here otherwise. Yeah. It's it, I'm working with a little bit of future knowledge here in that How dare you? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh she needs to kill David here. And so when I read this ending, it's like, oh of course she does. And we were just talking about how, you know, we have Axe, who uh, would have done the thing and hated himself for it. And Jake, who would have done the thing and hated himself for it. And Rachel, who does the thing and hates herself for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh... It, like, it, it... To me, it it is... It is so obvious that it almost doesn't need to be said, but I can definitely sure. understand reading this and being like, 
I don't want, why even leave any ambiguity here? Um, because, yeah, like it is, uh, I think part of it is, um, like how, how do you write that? Yeah. You know? Um, mm. and, and how do you write it without necessarily taking away from the emotion of what is currently here at the very end? Cause where it yeah. is, it leaves on a very, like, a very emotional high point. Yeah. Where actually killing David would almost bring it back down in a way because it resolves the emotional tension. Um, okay. Right. I see what you're saying. I see what yeah. you're saying. But I, I, I absolutely can see why it would be dissatisfying, especially with, like, you know, this, this entire, like, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't add anything for it to be ambiguous at all. Um. Yeah, I just don't. I I don't feel gracious enough to give the writing credit when I've seen mm -hmm. like, and I'll call it what I've, I've cowardice. Otherwise, mm -hmm. like let Rachel say fuck, let us kill <laughs> Rat Boy on screen. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. certain things are also because it's a children's book. Yeah, and even if all the readers would understand. And with later context, it become um, impossible to uh, think anything otherwise. But having one of your heroes kill somebody that they were literally having a peaceful conversation with, mm -hmm. um, especially when you're writing for a Western, culturally Christian mm -hmm. audience mm -hmm. that has such very clear ideas about murder and assisted suicides and things like mm -hmm. that so mm -hmm. the context of that is important yeah now i do just want to figure out how to write this ending so it's on screen and doesn't rob it of its emotional intensity mm -hmm. i will get back to you on that um Dave Morphing didn't do a bad job well that doesn't shock me <laughs> well, I, did i let you read the cowardice of lions I can't remember. I think that's fine. We're going to finish the book soon and then I'm just going to dive back in. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, we should do our follow-up questions. We should. Or our, our, and um, discussion points. Yeah. Uh, plot. Like no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. If it happened earlier in the series, I might give it a few more points for plot because mm -hmm. the return of David use, being used as a pawn of Krayak is good mm -hmm. as a concept. As an executed plot, nah. Yeah. Not I this late like, in the game, especially. I feel like these last two chapters could be the ending of a different mm. book. Yeah. Yeah. That was Agreed. written more coherently um, with David. Even if with David as as a pawn of Krayak, but just like more coherent, yeah, 
I feel like uh, could have been better. Mm, Like a David who tries to defeat Rachel can't. And when she gets out again, he he's just like, no, like that. That was my opportunity. Uh, And without that, without without the element of surprise, like that's it. Um, um, Characterization. Okay, right. We need to talk about. <laughs> I genuinely dislike having a character so isolated away from the rest of the animorphs. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of the time I feel like the context is important, like of the group. Mm-hmm. There are elements and interesting things that are trying to be done here, for sure, but it really does feel very reductive um mm-hmm. i think i can't remember if i said it before we went on mic or once we started but the whole like this is angry rachel right up until mm-hmm. the last two chapters mm-hmm. um okay i think there's like elements of stuff here and moments that are good um and because it is this dream logic state it feels hard to judge it because it's not mm-hmm. trying to necessarily portray the real Rachel, right, as it were, until the very end, until with these mm-hmm. odd little pockets where she is like savvy enough to fucking trick the punks and get mm-hmm. Cassie out and then go talk to David. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, and because aside from that moment with Cassie, none of the interactions with any of the others feel re- are real. We don't mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's interesting stuff there, but I don't want to give it a number. Sorry, I've, my brain is just blank. Is it Jawasco who's doing the uh, the spreadsheet recapping our scores? Uh, I'm sorry, I cannot give a score here. Yeah, uh, I I would say similarly. If I had to put a number on it, I'd say it fluctuates between like a five and an eight. At its best, I'd say it was an eight. I can, yeah. I will concur that with you, but it does really swing. Mm-hmm. So, um, enjoyability slash satisfaction. No, um, no, like a three. The moments that I enjoyed each get a point, <laughs> which is how it gets yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely. Okay. What was your favorite part? I think I think we both think it's the last bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, though I do like that distilled moment of Rachel saying to Cassie, "Are you gonna do it then?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No. Yeah, that is so powerful. But I think as mm-hmm. a whole encapsulated moment, it is yeah. Rachel and David. Yeah. Uh, did anything surprise you? Fuck off two and three. This book does not apply. I'm sorry, your dream logic book can fuck off. I don't care for it. I just, having Krayak be all here and cackling with his top hat, just like, ah, this is my evil plan, see? Just, mm, it doesn't do it for me. Um, I've made myself yeah. laugh. That, <laughs> Uh, there isn't um, there isn't anything I was surprised about on the reread. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think 
I think I was surprised to find anything worthwhile in it. Because mm, it just sticks in your memory as a really bad book. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. With the upsetting cover art, that is too many abs. <laughs> a bad amount of abs. <laughs> Team girls should not have to have abs under any circumstances. Yeah. Shout out to how fucking worried and sad <laughs> the girl looks mm. like that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Let me be clear. The art is doing what it's supposed to do. I am horrified. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, question, our final question of is, is this essential animorphs reading? Mm -hmm. Generally, uh -huh. I want to say no, but I feel like that last bit mm -hmm. and maybe that first nightmare, if we could jump from that first nightmare and then a little bit of going to talk to Cassie about that nightmare. Bullshit with David in the middle. Ending. Mm -hmm. Just read that. Read chapters 1, 2, 24, and 25. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shrog, Shrog in the Discord says, uh, The book says it best itself. Worst of all, you have wasted my time. Truly, I don't think you would lose anything by excising this book from canon. Just say it was all a third dream planted by Krayak and erase it all. The moral dilemmas aren't new. They aren't resolved in new ways. The big plot point goes in a huge circle and Rachel is in the same place emotionally where she started. Really curious if you felt the same way. And this makes me think of what other books I would erase from the list if I could, like 39 and 42. But that is basically just your essential Animorphs reading question. Um, and here's where I'm at with it. And I, I mostly agree with Jade. Um, I don't think it's essential animals reading. You could skim 90% of this book, uh, and miss nothing. Um, you could read a Cliff Notes version and miss very, very little. Um, you could listen to this podcast. Yeah. There are a couple of good gems. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily repeating stuff that's happened before for reasons I said earlier. Um, and I don't think that Rachel is necessarily at the same place as where she started. I think, or, or if she is at the same place emotionally, she's more aware of it. If that makes mm. sense. Um, I think her like, emotional awareness has changed. Yes. Um, and just because, like, that conversation she has with Cassie there at the very end, I don't mm. think could have happened at the beginning. Agreed. So, you know, I think there has been something that has changed with her. Something um, has changed within me. <laughs> something is not the same. And I'm sorry. I'm ruining the bit. Um, um, and, and like with Jake, there is a tug of war happening with hope versus despair and mm -hmm. rachel just like hanging on to humanity by the skin of her fingernails and mm. i think it is really important knowing where things go to have this last glimpse of the scared little girl who mm. just wants to do the right thing even yeah. if she doesn't know what that is, who desperately yeah. wants someone to tell her 
what the right thing is so she can just do it. Like, just tell me what it is so that I can be good. Please, I just yeah. want to be good. Um, yeah. And and that seeing herself as the girl, mm-hmm. the child, the understanding, mm-hmm. that brief moment of clarity, knowing we yeah. do not get any more Rachel POV, but we're left on a literal moment of self-reflection of her seeing her as seeing herself as the child she is mm-hmm. while grappling with these massive things. Mm-hmm. That is an, a worthy note mm-hmm. to leave her perspective as we go into Endgame. Yeah, it's. I w- I wish more than anything that this book wasn't so bogged down with just the ridiculousness of the dream logic and Krayak just toying with her and the weird repetitiveness of the middle part and just the way that things don't make sense and how she like has these moments of just like being thrilled with power and uh violence and stuff like that like this core is really bogged down by all of that but I'm also really hesitant to just throw the book away when there is a little bit of good stuff in here, even if it is mm-hmm. very little, because the last book we had was 42, which was fucking worthless, and we don't get another book. And so I'm just like, yeah, it's definitely not essential Animorphs reading, but maybe listen to this podcast and the parts we re- read out loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um. You know, like, like you said, listen, get the cliff note summary and then read the first couple chapters and the last couple chapters, uh, and, and leave the rest of it to the ether. Um, cause I, I think that there are important things that this book is saying. It's just buried in so much garbage. Uh, And it makes me so mad that this is Rachel's last book. Yeah. Like, I am so mad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she's she is not as shortchanged as Cassie is, mm-hmm. but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't you just love to see female characters getting fucked over? Doesn't it just yeah. make you feel really good about yourself? Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, that's book 48. Next book is book 49. Um, it's a Tobias book. Uh, it is, oh, I forgot who wrote it. Um, it's written by someone who I wasn't sure about. This, uh, Ghostwriters. It's written by Lisa Harkrader, who last wrote 44, the, which was the one in Australia. Um, which was really shaky, but also wasn't terrible in characterization. It wasn't without its merits. It, 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 it was the one where you were like totally vacillating between like hating mm-hmm. the characterization and actually kind of liking the characterization. Yeah. Um, but 49, I remember being pretty decent and, uh, everything gets shook up again. Mm. In a in a really big way. 
Uh, and I'm Love. excited for you to read it. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, what if if I have a particularly visceral reaction, I'll make sure my recording setup is done, and I will just yell about it, and then as a separate MP3. And we can just insert it into the episode, uh-huh. just like my initial right off the cuff mm-hmm. thoughts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I do want to do for the fight for like the finals as well, even yeah. if it's just a sound bite of me throwing a book against a wall, <laughs> which we, we I won't do because it won't be my book, and I can't throw another person's book against the wall, and I can't well, throw my laptop. I do have some books that could definitely, uh, be be. <laughs> tribute to that that you can okay. throw against the wall without destroying them and we can just use the foley <laughs> very good um, oh. we need to wrap this though we do. um yeah. my incredible co-host is danielle you can find them online at red tail talk 90 keep an eye out on their social media because idiot teenagers with a death wish version two the Hack of Blades in the Dark, where you play as uh, shape-shifting uh, teens fighting a gorilla alien, fighting a gorilla war against the parasitic alien invasion, will go live, and you want to get your hands on this fucking game. <laughs> you can also listen to them getting up to actual play goodness on their home podcast of the Room Where It Happened. That's Room Where Pod on Twitter. They are currently hip deep in urban fantasy with an Appalachian flavor in Elder County, Tennessee. Bitchin' faction game with some real personalities and just people that love telling stories being on their bullshit together. It's a good time. <laughs> uh, speaking of people being on their bullshit, uh, my uh, co-host who looks just fucking phenomenal in that uh, enabler hat um, has been Jade. And you can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. Um you definitely want to follow them on social media, not only because uh, they do incredible work over at their home podcast, Follow the Leader, um, in which you can hear them telling all sorts of really awesome character-driven stories. Um, right now, they're doing a recurring game uh, like series on using Pathfinder, where Jade plays just the cutest fucking gremlin goblin you've ever seen. Um but also because, you know, they do other really cool projects and you should listen to them wherever they go. Uh, you can follow follow the leader at FDLcast on Twitter. Um, and uh, we're, we're almost there, friends. Ah! We're so close. The fear. This book series <laughs> finished how many fucking years ago and I am here just like, ah! <laughs> terrified of spoilers alright friends uh, look after yourselves look after each other Um, don't give in to uh, evil red eyes telling you to (laughs) you know embrace the dark side unless you know that's your truth and we respect your truth here on the (laughs) okay I'm done I need to clap and get off the call I have gone off the deep end Uh, Uh, 15 no, 10 I can do. 10. <laughs> 10. <laughs> <laughs>